Let's go, you all. Let's go, you all. Let's do this, Brandon. This is Brandon. And what does Brandon do? Um, Brandon works in fashion. Brandon works for Tom Brown as the global sales director for men's and women's. For um, fashion idiots, what does that mean in simple English? Well, essentially what I do is um, my clients are stores, right? So if you think about just in Singapore, my, my clients are Dover Street Market, Club 31. In the States, it is Birth of Goodman, e-commerce. What Brennan says is he, he, he decides who gets what, basically. Yeah, I guess in a nutshell, you could say that. In a nutshell, but he's very busy still. Always very busy. Okay, so um, I know your whole journey, and I think it's very interesting, but what I would like to do that's very different from all the other interviews that I've done, because I'm so close to you, is work backwards. So every I've done like 13 interviews, I think, and it's always been an introduction, your story, and then where you are. So for mm-hmm. you, I want to do it like a reversal. Let's do where you are. You know and I mean? how I got here. Correct. And then okay. the last bit will be the true message that I want to send to the viewers. So where are you right now in the world? And why, so tell them why we're doing this on Zoom. Um, well, so I live in Berlin. I moved here last July. Um, so I've been here for about a year or so. Um, I got married last July to my husband, who's German. So we were living in New York for 10 years before that. And uh, he was a political journalist and he wanted to do something different. So I kind of encouraged him to look for jobs abroad, right? Not in, not in the United States because we had been living there for 10 years and we were kind of over it with, whatever, with everything that was happening is happening. So I moved here um, and thankfully my company let me keep my job, my position, my salary, which is nice, especially by European standards. Um, so that's what I've been doing. And I mean, a job, a lot of my job entails me traveling to Paris and Milan. So it kind of made sense. Yes. I had to do, to convince them initially, but you know, I think it all worked out. I'm so even though I've lived here for a year, like in all, I mean, I think it's been maybe six months that I've been physically in Berlin because the rest of the time I'm either in Asia back to see my family or in Milan or Paris to, to work. So that was, that's kind of why I'm here. It's not like I was, you know, I got a job here and, there, and therefore I moved. It's just that um, Thorsten and I wanted to get married and he got a job. So I, I very happily moved and I'm super happy at my decision because I love the city so much. You want to talk a little bit about um, <clears throat> what do you love about Berlin, about um, your German classes and how, what you've done to adapt there? Well, I think why I like it so much, especially as a juxtaposition between New York, is that I have much more of a life here. Firstly, I have a two-floor apartment um, for half of what I used to pay um, in New York. It's just so expensive. And in New York, you're literally working to live, whereas here, you know, I I have such a life. um, And all the money that I make from work, I can actually spend on myself as opposed to just rent. Um, So that's, that's... is mostly why I love Berlin, but also it's such a nice culture. It's such a cosmopolitan city. Um, it's also in between Asia and, um, and 
the US. So I think it's a perfect place for me. I work for an American company, um, but I spend most of the time in Europe and my family is in Asia. So it's, you know, the time to travel back home is cut in half, which I very much appreciate, especially since I go back, I mean, pre-COVID at least two times a year. Um, and also being able to work in three time zones as opposed to two, mm-hmm. especially as the global sales director, I have, you know, I have a team in Asia, I have a team in the States and I have a team here in Europe. So I'm able to um, kind of communicate with them much more than, I, than previously, because in the States, when you start at 9am, that's 9 or 10pm in Asia. So there was like almost no communication and everything was delayed by a day. So this is, I mean, just it, it makes much sense for my job, but also my personal life. Um, yeah. And I mean, if anyone who's been to Berlin, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that you understand why it's such a nice city to live in. It's, it affords you such a peace of mind, but also in such close proximity to like the best clubs, the best, like some of the best restaurants and also just traveling makes it so much easier like for holidays i was just in spain and it was just in sicily it takes me like under three hours to get there which i love okay and Mm -hmm. then let's take another step back and talk about new york like you said you resided there for a decade Mm -hmm. so i moved there in 2010 because i was accepted to the fashion institute of technology to do fashion business um it was nice because my parents are pretty um liberal and so they said you can do anything you want um, well they've told all my siblings you can do anything you guys want but with me they said you can do anything you want but you should do business only because um the rest of my siblings are fucking stupid so <laughs> <laughs> kidding Charming. no it's because oh, he's coming for you it's mostly because I have... Um, no, like wait, I'm... I need to correct this on their behalf. It's not that they're dumb. It's that he's fucking, he's a fucking nerd. That's what he is. Like, he studies yeah, too it's true. He used to carry around his math books to go out for family dinners, and he would sulk because it would take... They didn't let me. No, they didn't let me do that. They didn't let you bring the book, and also because he was angry that family dinner was taking time away from his homework. That's the kind That's of... True studious person he was so it's not that they're dumb he's just ridiculously fucking like a nerd anyhow and, and most people don't even like especially now they can't imagine that that was me but oh yeah move yeah i mean when i was in secondary school in singapore like all i did was study and on weekends i would actually wear my school uniform out because i just didn't want to think about what i was wearing which is obviously the complete opposite of who i am now <laughs> So, um, how, you know, how that's... It's uh, amazing how, how you've evolved. Tides have turned. You're exactly. A very rare yeah. Pokemon. Okay, let's talk yeah. about... So, I think... Yeah, FIT. yeah so, well, yeah, FIT. And um, so, I, I did fashion business, which um, my parents were quite happy about because at least I was doing... I had a business degree, but I was doing it in kind of a industry that I, you know, I, I enjoyed. Um, and it, we'll, we'll talk about... Wait, one second. Fucking cat. <laughs> still toothless as you can see oh sorry sorry anyway um so i i did my degree there for four years it was just my bachelor's degree um, which was amazing um i think what i loved about the experience of um, fit because it was either between parsons fit was that it was a state school so majority of my my classmates were from new york right so i had 
um, like Pakistani classmates who lived in Queens, Greek classmates who, who were born and raised in Brighton Beach. And I had majority of my friends were essentially black girls. And it really gave me such a, um, a specific experience that I think if you go to NYU or you go to Columbia, that's not the case because, you know, you're studying with like some of like children from some of the, the richest families, or, I mean, obviously a portion of them are, um, you know, they all deserve to be there 100%. But I think it was just interesting for me to have this completely New York point of view. You were, um, living, you were living in the melting pot and in the school with the melting pot as well. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I mean, fucking cat. Stop it. Stop. stop. He just adopted a new cat. That's why. Sorry, guys. I think it was nice also to be in the city itself. You know, right in the heart of Chelsea, of the fashion district, um, was great. And I mean, for anyone who is deciding whether to go to Parsons or between Parsons and FIT, if you're doing business, you know, I would 100% recommend FIT. Um, only because like all your lecturers and professors have been in the industry for at least a decade. So you're really getting some hands-on experience as opposed to someone who's only just studied all their life, right? Someone who's a little bit more um, academic. Anyway, so I did that for four years and then my, I piled, I crammed all of my, uh, course, my course load into the first three years. So the last year, um, I decided to do more or less a full-time internship. So in 2013, um, from January to November, I interned for Tom Brown. Uh, that obviously can't happen today because of all this new legislation about like intern fair treatment and, and things like that. But I did. I was there from, I think, like four days a week. Um, and at that point, the company consisted of, in the New York office, there were 12 people, right? So it was... Um, it, there was a sales department, two people in finance, Tom, maybe four people in design, uh, and then like four or five interns. So it's so nice to kind of see how like the, the progress of the company right from its conception. Um, yeah, so I did that for one year. And then I graduated in December. And on my last day uh, at Tom Brown, I was offered um, a full-time position at Comme des Garçons. So that was really, really nice uh, because it was my, my dream job, my, my dream company. And I still love it. You know, um, it's probably the brand I wear the most, even though I work for Tom Brown. Outside of your uniform. Excuse me? Outside of your uniform. Outside of my uniform. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's funny how I've come full circle when I was in secondary school, I would wear my uniform all the time because I never think. And now I work for Tom Brown and from Monday to Friday, I'm in a gray suit, a white yeah. shirt. <laughs> and lectures so um, it almost makes sense go figures yeah and then uh, so anyway at, at cdg uh, i was just doing wholesales as well but focused um predominantly on the north american market so the us and canada uh, i did that for three years which was an unbelievable experience it's one of the best educations i've ever gotten you know uh just to be well, a part of such a i think the way you talk about it now it's like oh you know it's nothing but like you literally worked for some of the i mean the big brand names in fashion that i respect as well especially mm -hmm. Tom, i guess yeah and, and it's was nice because thank you i think it's nice to be like part of corporate because you know i would always i would be at 
every show I would be in the office in Paris and, you know, surrounded by Adrian Joffe and Reiko Kubo. And, and they would just be like, you know, like ambling about the showroom in their usual manner. Uh, so I think that was kind of amazing, like to realize that really solidified that what I had chosen to do um, was the right path for me because at the end of the day, that was, you know, that was what I had wanted for so long. Like watching them work, you mean? Watching them work. Exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, just to be a part of that environment. Oh, right, okay. And yeah, I mean, because as a boy of 18 growing up in Singapore, like you never, like I never thought that that would be my future, right? I never thought I would be working for CDG or Tom Brown, you know, like with direct contact with like the designers and, you know, making such big decisions that affect the brand uh, globally and the industry. Of course, which is why I'm so proud of you. Also because you're chill about it. Like if you were like, Jeremy, if you were not... Haolian. Yeah, if you were like a Haolian person, I wouldn't even be friends with you anymore, I think. Um, But yeah, sometimes I do get the off chance when I get some free samples here and there. Socks and whatnot. (laughs) (laughs) That vest? Well, I mean, I loaned that to you. That was yours. I'm wearing this because it's Brendan's. It's like, it's kind of loose, but I kind of like it like that. Makes me feel like he's hugging me around my breasts. I would never do that. <laughs> when you're drunk, you do. Maybe. Yeah, it's true. Um, okay, so um, after Com, after your three years stint at Com. Yeah, so after my three years stint at Com, um, I was kind of looking for something a bit more global. And in the States, it's quite difficult to find a fashion company that is as global as Tom Brown that is based in New York, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you have brands like um, like Tom Ford. You have brands like um, Marc Jacobs, The Row, uh, maybe Pointe de Rick, I mean, Rick Owens is essentially an American designer, but based in Paris. And I wanted someone with such a global reach um, that I loved. So that was one of the most important things for me is to work at a brand where I could see myself wearing the clothing and where I would truly be able to practice what I preach. You know, I never wanted to sell something um, that I, that I myself wouldn't put on uh, or, or believe in. So um, that was why I ended up at Tom Brown. And it's, I mean, it's fashion industry is so small. So I was talking to my friend, uh, Matthew Foley, who I had been in contact with since my internship. And I told him, you know, I'm kind of over what I'm doing at CDG. I'm looking for something else. And literally the moment I, uh, I told him that I got a call from my old boss, who's the VP of sales, who is still currently my boss, uh, who said, you know, I heard like you're interested in coming back, uh, come for an interview tomorrow. So um, I did, I went for an interview in the morning and he, he offered me the job on the spot saying like, you know, um, we need someone to come into the men's team. And with it, there's a lot more structure as you know, opposed to how it was when you were at, in 2013. Um, so I, I said, okay, let me think about it. And so I thought to myself, if I want to kind of um, be that change, like it would be much better to be a Tom Brown because I would have so much more say, right? I see everything from the design conception all the way till retail sales, direct to consumer. So I, I went with Tom Brown, which, you know, looking back, I think was one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, so yeah, that was kind of what happened. Then I worked at Tom Brown for four years until last July in New York, and then I moved here. So that was kind of the history of um, my working career and my, 
my, my studies in the States. Everything that we've mentioned in probably, I would say, last 15, 20 minutes in that nutshell, in that bubble is a summary of his life in the past 10 years. And since we've done this whole like rhetoric of your life, now I actually want to ask you what I've been meaning to ask you this whole time, which is... So what does home mean to you? Having lived in three different, no, four different cities, because we forgot to mention he lived in Hong Kong when he was younger as well. So Singapore, Hong Kong, New York, and now Berlin. Yes. Having lived in four different cities throughout your life, having to move, move around and all that stuff, what would you consider home? I think the, the, the concept of home is where I feel comfortable, you know, where I have a support system. So, um, I don't really have one home. Like the physical space, you know, doesn't really make that much of a difference to me. It never has. I think because I've just been moving so much, like it's obviously nice to have a place to call your own um, and a place to decorate and then, you know, like fill with your own stuff. But for me, it's where I have like um, a support system where I feel loved. So for here, obviously, Thorsten, my husband, and our now two cats, like they are my support system here. And it's funny because I don't really have um, many other people here in Berlin. Like I have like two or three friends maybe. Thorsten's friends are my friends, sure, but I don't really have anyone that I can call my own peer. You know, I haven't really had the time, first of all, to go out and meet people. And when I'm here, I like spending time at home or with, with Thorsten out and about. Um, but even in New York, like, I still have such a close group of friends. Um, and they, I've been friends with them for the past five years. Um, in Singapore, I, all, of, all of my friends are friends that I, I had even pre-moving uh, to New York. So between Hong Kong and New York, I made a good group of friends, yourself included. And I haven't really branched out from that. I don't really feel the need to because whenever I'm there, I just like to spend very intense time with these maybe like 10, 15 people. Um, so also the, the concept of home is where I can be myself and not have to kind of uh, like hide who I am. And for, for growing up in Singapore, for a lot of that time, that was the case you know i was um i wasn't like comfortable with my sexuality i didn't really have like friends that i could be open with and at that point even my family right they they were not that they didn't know because my mom likes to say that she knew since she held me in her arms for the first time um but i think for me it's all about that group of people and just feeling that you're safe mm. and i think over time as i've become more politically like inclined um, I tend to like living in cities where I truly can be myself and the city supports that. And I sometimes feel that in Singapore, I like, you know, when Thorsten and I visit, we still have to kind of like pretend like we can't like openly hold hands or show affection. Um, and I mean, obviously the people that I hang out with yourself, my, my siblings and my other group of friends, they, they don't care. And they're, they're very happy to, to see that I've the person I've become and the person that I'm with, but I still feel that the city kind of imposes very silently um, these, these like measures or, you know, you're just never truly to be, never truly able to be yourself. And which is why, like as much as I love Singapore and I, I love going back and, and seeing you and you know, my family and friends, it's just somewhere I don't see I can live um, going forward. Um, 
Yeah. So that concept of that's my my concept of home. Just who you're being, with. yeah, who I'm with, but also that the place I am in is able to um, cultivate um, the person that I am, but also like-minded individuals. Hmm. I get it now. I, I never thought to ask you that before, so I never really knew that you felt. I mean. I never, do you know what I mean? I never, we yeah. never had that, that deep conversation about this. Therefore, this never really came out. And also, I think when you and I are actually like hanging out, like, like we, I feel at home, right? I feel like yeah, of course, I'm okay. a place. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, that's so there's there's never really any reason for us to be like for me to feel uncomfortable and to bring this up because you know I'm, I it's lasting my mind when we when we're together. True, and this is also why I love doing this this thing because mm-hmm. I feel like it could help other people, do you know what I mean? Realize yeah. what to feel, yeah. how to feel, how to change how they feel. Not to mm-hmm. say if you're not feeling like you, you, you're accepted, you need to move away because obviously right now it's hard to do that. Um, but to understand that other people may feel the way you do as well and someday it might change, it may change, it could change if you will change as well, I feel mm-hmm. like. And I think what people should start realizing is... Um, is how like stifling it is when they're there. You know how, like I only realized when I left mm. because I had some context, right? I had something else to, to compare it to. But what I would like people and same with to realize is that like, just because it's so comfortable and just because you are comfortable um, and you're okay with hiding who you are or not being able to be the person that you are, that doesn't make it right, right? So there are a lot of people who, I mean, unfortunately, we'll never be able to have the opportunities to that I've had. Um, but I think that they can still make such a difference by by educating themselves that Singapore is a undoubtedly a good country, a nice country to live in and exist in. But they like we can do so much from the ground, and you don't you shouldn't have to leave the country to realize that it can be better. Yeah. And I wish that I had realized that at a younger age when I was still there, because I mean, maybe I won't be here. Yeah, sure. But it's, I wish I could have done more to, um, to change it at, a, at, at the ground. And yeah, I mean, not that I wish I could change anything I did in the past, but I could have done more. Yeah. Hmm. I understand. And now to give people a brief context of how I met him. And I mean, I guess by now I would have overlaid all these photos of us in New York because I feel like New York was um, a big part of his life, but more than, not just that, like it was a big part of my life because I used to visit him maybe once every two years. Mm-hmm. So probably around four or five times during his stay in New York. Um, and uh, we, it would be debaucherous, and we would be running around the city doing ridiculous things. But then, I, know, I hope, yeah. But then, like, right. anytime anyone ever talks about New York, he's the only, he's the first person. He will be always be the first person I think about because I think that a lot of my established my memories were established with him in New York. For him, it's different. He lived there for ten years, right? For me, every time I visited, he was my host, so to speak. And he used to like to say I was very dependent, but the last few trips I wasn't, so. <laughs> she grew up. I grew up, I grew up. Um, <clears throat> but even before that, when we were both in Singapore, I actually got to know him when you first enlisted for the army, was it? Yeah, it was like two, when I came back from Hong Kong. And yeah. I think it was, r- it was right after I enlisted in the army. I think it was 2000 and 
eight like, in the financial crisis. Yeah, so 2009, beginning of 2009. Yeah, and so we got really close. And I think for us, there's also this journey of friendship evolving. And this is the other message I want to send out to people that you don't need to, two people don't need to be in the same country, number one, for extended period of time. I mean, obviously I had the luxury of visiting him, but not just that, I feel like two people who want to be close, somehow when you catch up or you meet once a year, you will still be close. Um, but only if I'm I, sorry, I would like to I would like to correct like change one word. I don't think it's if two people want to be close, if two people are just meant to, to be close. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because yeah. Also, also, yeah, so therefore I don't feel like there needs to be like a very how do you put it? I don't know. Like I feel like friendships are all meant to be difficult, just like falling in love per se. Mm -hmm. right if it's meant to be will be there so i met him in singapore when he was 19 he went to army we were clubbing a lot we're doing a lot of silly things here but also i think we both evolved in many many ways in different ways and then came back together how should i say this like the way we think the jobs we had the things we did Mm -hmm. um way of life um fashion sense because i think one of the biggest things i think i took away from him and i is that our fashion sense obviously evolved when we first started hanging out. Questionable. <laughs> so many levels. <laughs> Who we are today as well. Um, it, when we first started hanging out, I would, I would call it disastrous. <laughs> yeah, a train wreck. <laughs> but it, was, it was what it was in that time. It was the neat, ready, set, go, the neon, new rave period. Yeah. No regrets though. No, no regrets. Um, but yeah, like, what I'm trying to say here is you can be very different people living in very different cities, experiencing very different lives. Like everything he's explained in, about his life and everything I, I experienced, like, you know, having a kid out of wedlock, um, having the guy leave until much recent events that I can't speak about yet. But having all these different things happen in our lives did not, and we don't live in the same country or time zone for that long. And in fact, for us the time to do this, where we, we planned this two weeks ago as well, to do this on Zoom. Because right now, what time is it in Berlin? It is 12 noon. So, you know, to even plan a time to do this as well, it takes effort, I think, on both part, both ends. But like he said, mm-hmm. it, and the friendship is meant to be not just that though. Like people evolve, people change on a monthly, weekly, daily, I don't know, yearly basis. But I feel like if your hearts were connected and you were like-minded, I don't think anything that happens between you, will there will be blame or there will be a rift somehow you will still be friends and friendships should not be hard to maintain. Though I mean, between you and I, I know the friendship that we have, I would say that to be honest, in this life, I would not meet another Brendan and I, because what we have is so uniquely crazy and special. Like we literally have jokes that, and this is how I explain my friendship Brendan to people who don't understand us. Like, I'll be like, this is a guy who has this such like chemistry with me that we would be laughing at jokes that nobody else understands. And that's us. And you know what I mean? And I don't, like for us, I understand how we maintain friends, but would you think it's difficult having been the one who has lived overseas for so long about these friendships? No, no, as I, I still maintain that if you're meant to be friends, like you will be friends, so you're not meant to be. What's happening? Oh, no, I just want people to see my underwear. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because I've always been like this. 
Yes. I've never really had to work for it. And I know people who, who like sometimes they tell me like, oh, you know, this person, like I always have to reach out and what we do, it's like painful. And then we meet up. I'm just like, why are you doing, are you doing all it? of that? Like, it's just, it's just a waste of my time. Like I have better things to do. Yeah. Right. Okay, wait, I'm going to end the video. Bye. Thanks everyone for watching us for a long time. It's going to be a long Bye. time. So this is, this is too formal. It's a little bit. You can be a little bit like on a scale of, on our scale of crazy, I would say you can be 3.5. Because <laughs> <laughs> on a scale of 10, I don't think anyone can take it. Like, they're not ready for, <laughs> bitch, the world is not ready for my boxes. <laughs> What's they, the thing you always say? Like, what? <laughs> Thurston. <laughs> the hammer of Thor. I mean, if you say Brendan's a faggot, Brendan's a fairy, Brendan's um, a fruit, sprinkle, <laughs> dust, then it's different. If you have any more questions or... I'm getting my tooth in on Thursday. It, what, what color is it? What the fuck kind of question is that? Can you please make it, like, purple? <laughs>